Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the I Guess That's Why They Call It The Elton John Podcast podcast. Today's going to be a somewhat whimsical episode. I'm going to try to take you back to early 1969. That means that you're going to have to deal with me using weird tenses as I jump in and out of the past. Hopefully it won't be too confusing. The plan is I'm going to piece together the weekly Saturday evening TV shows that led up to the UK selection being made for the 1969 Eurovision Song Contest. And then I'm also going to follow up the careers of the six sets of songwriters who submitted a song that year. If you don't know what the Eurovision Song Contest is, it's probably worth looking at some videos of highlights maybe over the years it's essentially what it sounds like it is it's a competition where countries vote on songs that are written and performed by writers and performers from other european nations except israel used to be in it i think they left oh and australia are in it now or did i dream that the whole thing doesn't always have a whole lot to do with music Like I say, watch some highlights on YouTube if you want to get a taste of what it's about. We came into today's show listening to the introduction of The Lulu Show from the 1st of February 1969. Now, the entries were presented one by one, week by week, on the Saturday evening Lulu Show on BBC One. On the 1st of February 1969, the entry that was presented was the song... I Can't Go On Living Without You, written by Elton John and Bernie Porpin. Sounds somewhat familiar, but we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Let me tell you about our finalists. They've been selected from 200 entries, six of them. They really represent the cream of the crop of UK-based songwriters. Now get your postcards out. Get ready to send them on to BBC Broadcasting House. Just write on the back the name of the song that you want to represent the UK in Madrid on the 29th of March. All six entrants will get a second airing on a special show, which will be hosted by Michael Aspel, on the 22nd of February. And then the votes are going to be tallied and the announcement's going to be made on Saturday the 1st of March. And Lulu will sing the winning entry. Let's hope... We can beat the second place that we got with Congratulations last year, sung by Cliff Richard. Let's get right into it then. Settle down. You'll have had your tea. 6.25pm. It's Saturday, the 11th of January. It's time for the Lulu Show. Here's our first entry for the Song for Europe competition. This one's got a somewhat familiar title. It's called Are You Ready for Love? And it's written by Ray Cameron and Alan Hawkshaw. Love is a thing you can't play around with. 
going to be quite a few breezy fun numbers in today's show you can imagine doing the shimmy shimmy dance with that verse it's quite a strong melody this one it's simple it's effective it's got that modulation up into the second verse that really ticks it along a little bit these songs are so economical this one's two minutes 12 seconds long intro verse chorus verse chorus chorus end lulu did release this one eventually on an album which brought together some of her odds and ends and gloria honeyford brought it out in 1969 to little impact looking into contemporary reviews of this song if you want some guidance with placing your votes fellow songwriter elton john said this in his diary i've got hold of a copy of his diary here On the 11th of January, Eurovision songs start. Are you ready for love? Not bad. By the way, did you happen to tune in to the Lulu show last week? No? You missed Jimi Hendrix then. He was uh, playing a few songs, but he went completely off script. He refused to stop playing and his band sort of crashed through the end of the show. It was apparently his way of getting himself out of having to do a duet with Lulu. But they got themselves banned from the BBC for their trouble. This is a little bit more mainstream, though. We're back on safer ground here, aren't we? Ray Cameron, the songwriter of this song, a little later on in 1969, wrote the music to an advert for Lion's Aid Love Ice Lollies, which was directed by Ridley Scott and starring David Bowie. Here's the audio for that. It's a bit busted up, I'm afraid, but it's interesting to hear. Let's listen to that. The other songwriter of Are You Ready For Love, Alan Hawkshaw, went on to write some absolutely brilliant theme music, including the Countdown 30 Second Timer music. I think that would be a... You'd, you'd feel you'd die happy if you'd written that. And the music from Grange Hill. I mean, none of this means anything to Americans. Grange Hill was a BBC One kids TV series about a, a mildly grim secondary school on the outskirts of london that series started up in late 1970s let's have a listen to that theme tune 
it's compulsory to say after listening to that, ah, oh, that brings back some memories. But I personally didn't watch Grange Hill. I wasn't allowed. It was banned in my house because of the um, anti-establishment attitude of the children involved. I lived a pretty sheltered life. We're going to find out how the votes were cast at the end of the show, but let's get back to the present day, though. Let's return to the words of Elton John, that contemporary of Cameron and Hawkshaw, just to uh, set the scene. For the 12th of January, he says this. Went to Long John Baldry's birthday party. Had row with Bernie. Oh. As an aside here, on Thursday the 16th, you might want to remember to tune in to Top of the Pops to watch Long John Baldry doing his new single. It's called It's Too Late Now. Anyway, turning back to the diary for a moment, on Friday the 17th, Elton says this. Lady Samantha released. Stayed home. Saw Lady in Cement. Good. Secret life of an American wife. Lousy. So these are busy times for this Elton John guy. Right. We've caught up. Back to the future. It's time for the Lulu show again. It's the 18th of January. And our special guest this evening is Gene Pitney doing his new single Maria Elena. But before that, we've got our Song for Europe entry number two. It's called March. And it's a number that was written by Alan Blakely. Sensitive in the light of current events in Vietnam. It's also a bit one note musically, a bit of a novelty number. It's not very memorable in any way. Maybe this is what the Europeans are into these days. The songwriter Alan Blakely is a legend, however. How else could you describe the man that wrote this song? for the honeycombs in 1964. Have I the right to hold you? You know I've always told you that we must never ever part. Have I the right to kiss you? You know I'll always miss you. I've loved you from the very start. Whoa, 
What a wonderful piece of music. Come right back. I love that. Such an amazing sound. That's Joe Meek's production, of course. And it wasn't a one-off. Um, Blakely wrote this tune for Dave D. Dozy Beaky Mick and Titch. ventured into psychedelic prog I don't know what you'd call it later on in 1969 he co-wrote a full album for the band Flaming Youth who featured a certain Phil Collins on drums and some vocals I think his first recorded output but in my opinion the highlight of Blakely's career was writing the theme music for the BBC's adaptation of the Agatha Christie Miss Marple novels. Talk about versatility. This man has some real credentials. I still don't think March is one of his better efforts, though. But don't let me sway you. It was eventually released by Lulu on a 45. Keep an open mind as we skip forward a Saturday to the 25th of January to appraise the third entry entitled Come September, written by Mark London and Don Black. a slightly skewed music hall review type number i don't really get those lyrics september the summer will start again i think that's provably wrong don black is of course a highly respected lyricist he wrote diamonds are forever he wrote loads of bond stuff he wrote aspects of love with andrew lloyd webber and sunset boulevard 
Together, Don Black and Mark London had written the Lulu song To Sir With Love, which was a really big hit for her at the time. In fact, that was the song that Hendrix was meant to duet with Lulu on somehow. Let's have a listen. But how do you thank someone who has taken you from crayons to perfume? It isn't easy, but I'll try. If you wanted the sky, I would ride across the sky in letters that would soar a thousand feet high to serve with can't picture how that would have worked with Hendrix. That song, like many of the Lulu songs here, is a Mickey Most production. It sounds like it was written as a Bond song. Like Hendrix, I'm not really into this song. It sounds a bit unwieldy. It's got those very long phrases where the, where the words cross over the musical boundaries. I think this is something that Black and London do quite successfully. In another of their songs, the song Best of Both Worlds, that was recorded by Lulu, but also Scott Walker on Scott 2. Any excuse to listen to some Scott Walker. I have loved you since I found you. You belong here. Just look around you. Keep your true love or take your new love. You must choose between us You want best of all worlds Make your figure mind up I won't stay while you enjoy Best of all worlds You've got such a massive number it's pretty and yet bold grand resolved a wonderful song mark london remained involved with lulu indeed i think he married her manager but unfortunately he doesn't seem to have written much more music that remains with us anyway are you looking forward to the lulu show next saturday here we are thursday the 30th the excitement is building over in Denmark Street. They've got some interest in the Song for Europe competition this year, I believe. I wonder if they know what's going on this lunchtime over on the other side of Soho. On Savile Row, though, there seems to be some noise from up on the roof of the Apple building. Is that a band playing up there? Anyway, two sleeps later and here we are, Saturday the 1st of February. The TV is tuned to BBC One. It's 5.15pm. Here's Doctor Who. It's the next instalment of The Seeds of Death. Not a classic, this one, by all accounts. And then a quick 10-minute Tom and Jerry cartoon. And then 25 minutes of Lucille Ball. When will the waiting be over? All right, here we are. It's the Lulu Show. 
it's time for us to hear our fourth entry. Let's listen to all of this one. It's quite a good one. It's called I Can't Go On Living Without You. And it's by Elton John and Bernie Torblin. I can't go on living without you. first verse sounds quite authentically Motowny to me. The melody builds and builds. It's like one long developing musical phrase into the celebratory chorus, seemingly celebrating suicide. It's a catchy chorus, though. Maybe it's not quite as strong as the verse that comes before it. But after that chorus, it's a masterstroke. We don't repeat the verse, but instead we get this skewy, bridgey thing, similar to the verse, but it settles us down into a lower key so that when you do come back into the chorus, it sounds like we're modulating, which we are, really. Surely this tune was written by an old hand. Not so sure about the lyrics, though. Does it get your vote? Let's turn to that diary again, see uh, how people reacted to it. The following Monday, the songwriter himself said this. Went into the office. General reaction to Lulu. Not very good. Slated in the Daily Express by Bill Martin and Phil Coulter. And here are those reviews. Bill Martin, who wrote the lyrics to Congratulations and Puppet on a String, which was an actual Eurovision winner, said the following. Elton John is undoubtedly a promising talent of the future. Listen to his record Lady Samantha. But Saturday's song has little chance of representing Britain in the contest. After a promising introduction, 
I strained my ears to hear a non-existent melody coupled with a pathetic lyric, which consisted of the title phrase and very little else. Another review, I think this must be from Phil Coulter, who wrote the music to those two songs that we just mentioned, says just this. It would be hard to get this on a postcard when voting. A very unimaginative title for what is just a dull and uninteresting song. (sighs) Harsh. Now there are five other fully orchestrated versions of this song. Some released and some unreleased. There isn't time to listen to them today. And I think if I did try and present them all to you, you'd get some kind of I can't go on living without you poisoning. I'll get into that stuff when I do another show about Elton's hyper-commercial attempts to write songs for other artists in the late 60s. That's another show, though. But one thing I can tell you about all of those cover versions and this version from Lulu is they all lack Elton's completely incongruous and utterly brilliant interjection between the verse and chorus where he goes, Kariba! So, if like me, you're dying to hear that one more time, here's Elton's demo of the song. If you could see the state I'm in, you'd never know That it was the same old me that told you to go Love it. Now, this Elton John guy, he didn't let this get to him and he went on to do many things in music, including some commercials for TV. Here's an ad that he wrote and performed for Cadbury's Chocolate in 1986. Now that is spectacular. What a catchy little tune. He also did some adverts for Diet Coke in 1990. I've put together this medley of a couple of versions of the same jingle, I suppose. The first half is performed with Paula Abdul, and the second half is done solo with what sounds like his own studio band. Let's have a listen. Not for the way it goes down, please. Not for the way it went to the pictures. Not for the way it won't show on you. Just for the reason. Just for the reason. Just for the taste of it. Diet Coke. Not for the way.
be pleased to know I'm going to spare you the other advert that he did for Diet Coke in 1990 because it's Saturday night again, the 8th of February. It's time to move on to listen to the next song from Lulu. It's written by Alan Morehouse and Michael Julien and it's called Boom Bang a Bang. When in doubt, bring the meaningless syllables out. I think we may have a hit, ladies and gentlemen. This song speaks the international language of drivel. It's exactly what we need to represent us in Franco's Spain this year. It's infantilized, cheeky, suggestive, but most of all, it's entirely vapid and empty of all meaning and emotion. It's perfect. Michael Julien actually went under the nom de plume Peter Warren for this song. That's how proud he was of it. He had written the fantastic song Kiss Me Honey Honey Kiss Me for Shirley Bassey in 1958, as well as hundreds of other songs over the years. Alan Morehouse, for his part, seems to have worked mostly in library, music, music for pleasure, KPM, that kind of thing one thing he did that did sell very well well it was in my parents record collection at least was the album Beatles Bark Baccarat Go Bossa here's their version of Fool on the Hill swiftly on to our final entrant it's saturday the 15th of february lulu's busy she's getting married to morris gibb this tuesday but first she's gonna sing on this entry it's called betcha written by joan shakespeare and derek warren Betcha anything you like Betcha 
like those stepwise modulations as we go through the sections of the song. Those semitones, though, at the end in the vocal, it's not very pretty, is sort of unplaceable. What kind of music is this? It's not very memorable. Joan Shakespeare wrote a few bits and pieces around this time, again, mostly in the realm of soundtrack and library music. Nothing very interesting as far as I can make out. Although one tune that will be familiar to people in the UK of a certain age is her theme tune for ITV's coverage of the 1970 World Cup in Mexico. brings this affair almost to a close. It's time for you to write your favourite entry down on a postcard and send it to us here at Broadcasting House. We'll get to hear each song again on the 22nd of February in a big special and then on the 1st of March it's the announcement of the winner. Should we just skip forward? So, in reverse order, in sixth place, it's... Elton John and Bernie Tarpaulin with I Can't Go On Saying This Title with a grand total of 5,087 votes. In fifth place, it's Are You Ready For Love with 5,560 postal votes. In fourth place, it's Betcha, the song we just heard, with 8,306 postcards received. In third place... It's Come September with 11,362 fans. In second place, it's March. 38,418 of you wanted this one. And the winner who will be representing the UK in Madrid is Boom Banger Bang with 56,476 votes. That means that this song is objectively more than 10 times better than the Elton John song. And so it came to pass that Lulu, along with the backing vocalist Sue Glover and Sonny Leslie, who sang on quite a few later releases by Elton John, went along to Madrid, sang the very silly song and came joint first, along with three other countries. And the voting in the actual contest itself was changed afterwards because countries were threatening to boycott it because the competition was a bit broken. I'd say that is the least of the reasons why a country might want to boycott Eurovision. The voting at home, though, in the Song for Europe stayed roughly the same for quite a long time. And it's interesting to see that 1969 appears not to have caught the attention of the UK postcard writing public. In 1968, the competition attracted a total of nearly 250,000 votes... 
1969, half that, 125,000. And then 1970, they got 350,000 postcards in. So Song for Europe 1969 was a bit of an aberration. Elton probably did well not to win. Eurovision is extremely silly. And you don't want it making up any more than a footnote on your musical CV. Let's cheer ourselves up by going out listening to the Monty Python's Flying Circus Guys from 1970. With their take on this kind of thing, it's their entry to the Euro Police Song Contest. Thanks for listening. Please let me know if you've had fun listening to this silly episode. You can email me on eltonpodcast at gmail.com. So, here's Monty Python. And so, Inspector Zapatik, the forensic expert from the Monaco Murder Squad, sings his song, Bing, Tiddle, Tiddle, Bob. Quack. Quack. To the moon. Quack. Oh, quack. The moon. The moon. Mais, mais je ne sais vraiment d'habitude, mais je pense. Number 31, the end.